episode 858. The Green Bay Packers directed another come-from-behind victory in Dallas, the same site as they did last year in the playoffs. To break it down, we're joined by Eric Johnson from the Technical Foul Podcast. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about a Packers Week 5 35-31 victory. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Eric Johnson of the Technical Foul Podcast. Eric, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you this morning? Very good. We're glad to have you on the show. And before we get into discussing the game, Eric, do you just want to tell us more about yourself and the Technical Foul Podcast? I know we had Camille on last week to preview the game, and now we're happy to have you on. Yeah, uh, I if your listeners caught the last show, I think Camille summed it up perfectly. We're the sports podcast you never knew you needed. Um, we're four young Milwaukee-based professionals uh, that are just huge sports fans. So we get together about once a week to uh, talk sports and crack jokes and be inappropriate in general. <laughs> you guys are doing a good job, so keep up the good work. And we're here to break down the Packers' Week 5 victory over the Cowboys. And, and Eric, let me start off by asking, how confident were you that the Packers would be able to win when the Cowboys scored with just over a minute to go in regulation? Well, I would I would be lying if I said my heart wasn't beating a little fast <laughs> when they scored. But when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you always have uh, a little bit of confidence. Uh, um, abs- I go ahead, my Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was saying that um, I know Troy Aikman gets a lot of flack from Packers fans, but he was spot on when he was saying that the Cowboys left too much time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, for Aaron Rodgers, he seems to be directing more and more game-winning drives as he gets older. And and the guy he threw the game-winning touchdown to, Devontae Adams. Eric, did you think that, A, Devontae Adams was going to play at all in this game and, and, B, played so well despite suffering the concussion? Uh. It started to trend that way later in the week. Like, I know when we started getting practice reports, they said he was a limited participant and he was upgraded to questionable. Um, So I wasn't completely surprised that he played. Uh, It made me a little uncomfortable after watching the hit live. Um, I thought he would be out for weeks, but I think the extra days off really helped and um, allowed him to get onto the field. Um, I was totally blown away by how well he played it seemed like he had a chip on his shoulder and he wanted to prove something so uh kudos to him yeah 10 days off between games certainly helped in that regard where they didn't have the typical you know seven days between games um Aaron uh or Eric, uh, I'm going to ask you about Aaron. Uh, what did you think it is about Aaron Rodgers that he plays so well at AT&T Stadium and your reaction at his performance on the day? Um, 
I think that he always plays well in the dome. I think part of that is because he controls so many aspects of the game that he doesn't have to account for weather, uh, which is one less thing that he has to worry about trying to control. So, um, I, I mean, I, I tweeted out post game just, um, you know, that's my quarterback, and then a crying emoji, <laughs> similar to Terrell Owens. I was just, I was just so happy, um, you know, that that's the quarterback for our team. Yeah, you know, he didn't have to worry about weather necessarily, but he did have to worry about the sun. Didn't it seem like the sun was in his eyes and that could make it a tough, not just for him, but for the whole Packers offense trying to catch the ball too? Yeah, I was amazed. Um, the Fox kept showing that shot behind the quarterback and you just see the <laughs> sun blinding you through that window. Um, I can't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he does it, but, you know, he's, He's the two-time MVP for a reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, running back position, Eric, do you think Aaron Jones should be the Packers starter there going forward after the performance he had on Sunday? I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, <laughs> so I'll say that he definitely earned more playing time. Like He looked great. He really impressed me. Um, once Ty Montgomery comes back, I think he's definitely earned more of a split of the carries. Um, but I'm not sure Dallas' defense is all that good, so I want to wait until he goes up against a greater, a greater defense. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, I think. Um, Eric, how, how much better can this Packers offense be when they get their preferred offensive line out on the field? Because we, we saw it yesterday. It was like the, the fifth different lineup they've trotted out there since the season began. You know, honestly, I'm not, I'm not even that picky at this point. I would just take – the same line two weeks in a row. Like, um, <laughs> continuity helps, um, and obviously the sky's the limit if we get our preferred line back, but just having guys in the same spot week in and week out will be a big help. Yeah, when Brian Balaga and David Bakhtiari are both your starting tackles, that's going to help this team immensely. Uh, let's turn to the defensive side of the football, Eric. In your opinion, did Demarius Randall make up for his previously poor play and being sent to the locker room last week? Did, did he make that up for you when he made the pick six uh, on Sunday? I don't want to be the negative guy, but I still feel like, you know, he still had some bad plays. He got beat by Beasley, I think, the next drive where I think Dak just overthrew him. Um, he had the dumb penalty after the pick six, but, you know, he made a play. Um, kudos to him, and hopefully that pushes him in the right direction going forward. Yeah, maybe if this is a turning point for Demarius Randall. Uh, we kind of have to wait and see in that regard. Um, Eric, is there anything the Packers can do to make the secondary better as a whole, whether that means changing the personnel or whatever? Because there were several guys who struggled on Sunday. You know, they got the victory, but it wasn't always pretty. I think similar to the offensive line, like continuity will be great. Like they lost King early in the game for concussion. Um, I'm not sure if he came back, but they lost Burnett at some point in the fourth quarter. It's just, you know, getting guys in the same spot so that the people around them know where they're going to be and know their tendencies and stuff like that. But if you keep shuffling in different guys in different positions, like you're going to struggle. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly having King and Burnett out there is going to help this uh, secondary immensely. Um, special teams-wise, Eric, should, should the Packers be worried that they missed two extra points? Is that a worry going forward to you? 
I'm going to sound like a broken record, but once again, it's about continuity. Uh, you know, they're working in a new long snapper. This is the first year um, with the new holder. Um, so, unfortunately, mistakes are going to happen, but, you know, missing two extra points is a little unacceptable. Um, I'm not savvy enough to assign blame, but I know it's a whole, especially on the second kick, wasn't clean. So I don't know if he got a bad snap or what it was, but he had trouble getting it down. Yeah, uh, I suppose that's the silver lining. The more these guys work together, the better that they'll be going forward. Um, Eric, before we let you go here, I mean, just what do you see from this Packers team going forward? Is this a team that can contend for a Super Bowl championship? I think so. Like, there haven't been too many other teams in the NFC specifically that have impressed me more than the Packers. Um notwithstanding that Atlanta Falcons game, like they've been really impressive, especially fighting through all the injuries that they've had. So I'm, I'm confident. And again, like going back to my original point, like when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you can't help but be confident. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Glad to have Camille preview the game. Glad to have you review the game. And, and we're going to be talking to some of your co-hosts going forward. So looking forward to that. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, take care. Eric Johnson of the Technical Foul Podcast joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And we will start with the chips report as we do the day after every game. Your blue chip players, the best of the best. Uh, And this had more to do with the game-winning drive than anything. These were the guys who were responsible for the victory. Not that it wasn't a team victory. Uh, You know, many players had good plays throughout the course of the game. But uh, the guy who directed the game-winning drive, Aaron Rodgers, here's his statistical line, which which wasn't the greatest. I mean, we've seen better out of him statistic-wise. He was 19 for 29, completed 19... Uh, out of 29 passes for 221 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, had a passer rating of 122.9, and he rushed four times for 32 yards, and none bigger than the first down he converted on the game-winning drive when everything else seemed to be broken down. That was absolutely huge. Uh, still showed that Aaron Rodgers is still mobile and dangerous enough with his legs to get it done. I'm not saying he's the fastest you know, player on the field, let alone the fastest quarterback in the league or anything like that, but he's still mobile enough, even as he gets in his advancing age, that he can be dangerous when he gets to open field. And credit, I mean, it's it, it still is a big credit to him that he's able to get to open field. Um, and, and it helps when, you know, the offensive line is doing their job in front of them, which they didn't always do on Sunday, but, but got the job done enough, uh, for Aaron Rodgers to, to be a threat with his legs, you know, directing the game winning drive was, was just masterful. And, and of course the, the touchdown pass was perfect. It could not have been placed any better. And and I give Aaron Rodgers so much credit for, you know, working behind a patchwork offensive line, 
working without several of his weapons, uh, at least at times throughout the game. Uh, There were times when Jordy Nelson was not out there. They, of course, didn't have Ty Montgomery the whole game. And for him to be able to lead that drive at the end of the game, uh, just as they did in the playoffs the year before, it, it really is becoming remarkable you know for the for a while it was you know oh Aaron Rodgers can't win the close game he can't direct the game winning drive and and he's starting to put that to rest you know starting with the first overtime you know victory of his career just earlier this season uh but on top of that you know winning this game uh down with with just over a minute to go and 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 you know when the Packers could have settled for a field goal and, and chose not to. Chose to to go for the touchdown and, and put the game out of reach, or you know, make it a, make it a four point game at the end. Uh, that was really key, and, and Aaron Rodgers was the the linchpin to doing that. And, and I think he played so well. And it, it you know all three you know touchdowns were were nice and especially both of them to Devon Adams just just thrown perfectly that 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 fade that is so tough to defend and and you know they knew at, at the end of the game and Aaron Rodgers knew what was at stake you know the last two plays you basically they had no timeouts left and they could not afford to be sacked he had to get rid of the football. It had to be, you know, if it wasn't going to be completed, like, you know, the play before the game-winning touchdown, it had to be incomplete. It had to go over his head. Uh, that They can't afford to, you know, just simply put that ball in the middle of the field and get the, you know, the field goal unit out there in time because the clock is ticking. And, and I think they had, you know, what, 11 seconds left or something on the last... Uh, touchdown of the game that that is probably not enough to get the field goal unit out there uh, when the clock is running and, and get out there and set up for the for the game winning field goal so uh, Aaron Rodgers doing an amazing job and the guy he threw the game winning touchdown to Devontae Adams getting the other <clears throat> the other blue chip for this game Devontae Adams had a team leading seven catches for 66 yards, both of those uh, leading the team, two touchdowns leading the team, uh, the first one and the last one of the, day, of the day for the Packers. He averaged 9.4 yards per catch, which is nothing special, but but that's partially a product of being in the end zone and not being able to get more yards, so can hardly you know, blame Devontae Adams for that when you do that twice a day uh, among your, you know, only seven catches. So, um, you know, I thought he did such an amazing job bouncing back from that hit, which was 10 days previously. And had it not been 10 days, uh, you know, Devontae Adams may not have been out there, but he did. And I believe if I'm correct, if I looked at the snap counts before the game, he played more snaps than any other Packers player this day, which, which you know, considering he suffered the concussion, you know, going into the game, had, had you just asked me, you know, who's going to play the most snaps at the wide receiver position, I, I probably wouldn't have guessed Devontae Adams just simply because they would try to withhold him because of injury or, you know, not put him on a, in a position to be on the field that often. Yeah, I would have thought it would be Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb, but but it's Devontae Adams who 
was out there, at, and, and you know Jordy Nelson kind of looked hobbled there at toward the end uh, when he had to stretch out for that touchdown that you know the the touchdown that didn't happen that you know end up being overthrown over his head. Um, but yeah, I, I mean for Devonte Adams to bounce back from that hit and, and you know and really compete hard, you, you know, not being a bit part of this offense but being a big part of it. Uh, it, you know, he did have the drop in there, but it, when, when you score two touchdowns, including the game-winning one, uh, that more than overcomes it. Your red chip players, uh, the first one uh, easily could have been a blue chip, and, and part of it is because, once again, you know, going through my own self-imposed rules here, I, I give two blue chips, two red chips, and two cow chips every game to players only, not coaches, not referees, not situations. So part of it is my own limitations I place on myself. Uh, had it not been for my own limitations, Aaron Jones certainly could have been a blue chip player. And, and maybe, you know, I, I certainly considered giving it to him because, you know, there were no errors. Like, you know, Devonta Adams dropped the pass. You know, Aaron Rodgers threw several 10 incompletions this game. With Aaron Jones, I, I saw very few you know, things where you could point out and be like, well, he didn't do a very good job. I think there was like one time when he didn't do all that great in pass protection. But I mean, here's Aaron Aaron Jones' stat line. Uh, 19 rushes for 125 yards. He averaged 6.6 yards per carry, scored the touchdown, and then added one reception for nine yards. Uh, to me, I, I saw more out of Aaron Jones than I had seen any Packers running back in a while. Uh, you know, I, sh- you know, Ty Montgomery played very well at times last year. I mean, he's done okay this year. Uh, certainly not bad by any means when he's been healthy. Uh, there were times last year when Ty Montgomery was very impressive, including, you know, getting yards after carry. Uh, but Aaron Jones looks like the you can tell he's played running back his whole life. Whereas Ty Montgomery, you can kind of tell it's still a work in progress and he's done, he's made amazing progress, but there, there are times of hesitation. There are times when he just doesn't look like a running back out there where, or maybe he should be more of a receiver. Uh, To me, Aaron Jones, I, I think the Packers got to go with him going forward being the number one running back, or maybe it's 1A and 1B with him and a guy like Ty Montgomery um, uh, because uh, Montgomery is so versatile and can do so many things and motion out of the backfield and can catch the ball well. Um, uh, but, But I think the Packers would be making a mistake if they didn't give Aaron Jones as much or if not more uh, work than they give Ty Montgomery. He he looks so good out there, and and maybe I should like Eric Johnson, perhaps be a little bit cautious in that in that maybe he didn't face the greatest Cowboys defense. But to go out there the first start of your career, uh, in, in which I think it, we we really didn't know that was going to happen a, until just hours before the game. Um, it, you know, Jamal Williams, I, I still, you know, it's not as if the, the Packers should cut him or anything, but haven't really seen anything special out of Jamal Williams yet. And I'm including 
the preseason when he got plenty of playing time over the course of four games. I certainly have hopes that he can continue to develop it. And maybe he is, you know, right now the best Packers uh, pass protecting running back that they have. Uh, But there's still a lot to be desired from a running standpoint from Jamal Williams. And that's what I think Aaron Jones did so good at. Was very decisive. Was very quick. He made guys miss out there and got yards after contact and even you know there were times when he didn't uh didn't even make contact because he was so elusive out there um and, and yeah just just incredibly impressed with Aaron Jones you know as i said uh going forward it should be getting as much as if not more than Ty Montgomery uh, I think until proven otherwise, I, I thought it was that impressive what he was able to do. Uh, the other red chip player, the the good and maybe not great. Uh, I think if we're going to get any defensive player involved, it should be Clay Matthews, who I thought was the most consistent defender on the field. He was on he was on the field for ninety one percent of the snaps, which was key in a game like this where. Nick Perry, first of all, is limited with the club cast. He he dropped out of the game briefly, but came back. Uh, I, I have very little confidence in a player like Kyler Fackrell. So to get Clay Matthews out there, 91% of the snaps and rarely came off, I think was huge. Uh, he made five tackles, one for a loss on Ezekiel Elliott, the first drive of the game, which was a fantastic play. He also had a pro- pass broken up. Uh, Clay Matthews was also a key figure on the Packers pick six with tight coverage and essentially then afterwards getting a block for Demarius Randall on the pick six uh, that, you know, that helped to allow him get in the end zone. I I thought Clay Matthews was good out there as he has been, you know, really this whole season. Uh, and, And the key's been, he's been healthy. He's been out there. You know, there were some injury concerns during training camp when he was, again, having nagging injuries, and you're like, oh, no, here here it is again. But since the regular season has started, he's been out there, he's been available, and he's been playing well. He's maybe not putting up the biggest sack numbers of his career, but he's out there making an impact. Uh, they're moving him around different sides, blitzing in different places, and, and I think... That, that that's just great for this team that really needs him to be out there uh, along with, you know, Nick Perry providing the pressure uh, in particular, those guys providing the, the bulk of it. So uh, that is key. Not that there weren't other guys out there and, and, and Nick Perry himself played well, and there's other guys who are deserving of recognition, but I thought the most consistent defender on the field was Clay Matthews. Uh, and certainly uh, Blake Martinez, Kenny Clark, those guys played well too. Uh, and, and those guys have the whole season. Uh, really encouraging for this Packers defense that several of these guys, especially in the front seven, are playing so well. Uh, there, there's been some struggles on the back end, and and that's you know uh, here we are talking about the cow chips, and and there were no shortage of candidates when you know I I thought about giving away the cow chips. Others I could have included uh, included Lane Taylor, who after a good game at left tackle uh, last week uh, against the Bears struggled this one. Uh, Quentin Rollins giving up touchdowns. Ha ha, Clinton Dix struggling from time to time. 
Mason Crosby and Tabor Pepper for the struggles on the extra points. But what who I went for for this game was Devon House and Corey Lindsley. And, and you know, House may not have getting, gotten beat deep, which is good, but he did get beat the first TD of the game, got beat again late uh, on a play that, you know, wasn't a touchdown, but um, still giving that up and missed a tackle or two. And I just saw very little positive out there from Devon House. Then, yeah, I mean, there's certainly, when you're a cornerback, there are plays where you're in coverage and you're not giving anything up. But, I mean, that that's happening for everyone out there. Uh, very little to make up for it for Devon House. I, I, I suppose it was, we could just say it, it was encouraging for him to be out there and out on the field after coming back from the hamstring injury. That was certainly progress and, and maybe... There are some lingering effects there, and hopefully he's going to get better going forward. And they certainly need it, you know, uh, if, if, you know, who knows how long Kevin King's going to be out. Hopefully it's not long, uh, but you've got that. And, um, uh, you know, Devon House needs to play better moving forward. As for Lindsley, he's the other one who's getting the cow chip this game. The center, Corey Lindsley, he gave up the hit on Aaron Rodgers late in the game. That was the most vicious hit Rodgers took all day. And thankfully, he was okay. And thankfully, he got rid of the ball before he got hit. Um, But there was also some pressure early in the game that came up the middle. And that's not including the play where him and Jari Evans were were trying to figure out what went wrong after the play. And I'll admit, I, I don't know which player executed the wrong responsibility Uh, But there was some miscommunication there. And on top of that, however, there was more than one low shotgun snap that threw the timing off the passing game. This was one of the the worst performances snapping-wise I've seen out of Corey Lindsley in his career. A guy who I think has been pretty good at that, you know, ever since he's kind of become the starter and and really been a steadying influence on on the offensive line. Um, but but not a good day uh, in my estimation uh, of the job Corey Lindsley did. Um, but so there you go. There's your chips report, and and you know certainly I can understand uh, there are other candidates out there, both good and bad, uh, that you could uh, nominate to to win, you know the the player of the game type of awards that we're giving out here. You know the the game. Uh, just just one reaction I had while watching it, um, it was that it, did did we see this game on Saturday? Actually, the Packers might have been watching the Miami Hurricanes, who were in a similar situation taking on Florida State in, in that big rivalry uh, on on Saturday. The the Hurricanes gave up a touchdown to the Seminoles with just over a minute remaining, and could have played for the field goal but instead went for the dagger and the touchdown and it happened on Saturday. And then it happened again on Sunday in remarkably similar situations, both fantastic games, both fantastic comeback uh, comebacks for victory. And it was so nice to see the Packers really go for the jugular, so to speak, and go for that, go for the game winning touchdown instead of, you know, settling for the field goal, settling for overtime, hoping you can win the coin toss and hoping you can you can win it and, and do it there on, on enemy territory to go for the touchdown. And like I said, 
know what they had to deal with when the last two plays of the game, you can't get tackled in bounds. You can't get sacked because then you don't have enough time to even get the field goal unit out there. Such clutch performance. Uh, and maybe it's that, you know, the, the situation is clutch. Uh, you know, some people say there's, there's no such thing as a, a clutch performance or there's, uh, you know, there's no evidence that, you, you know, that a player is doing something better than they do earlier in the game. But the situation itself is clutch just because of the Packers being down and needing to do what they needed to do uh, to get the victory on the road environment. Uh, just remarkable. I, I'm at a loss for words, uh, but uh, it, it was a great game and the Packers now improved to uh, four and one on the season and, and, you know, looking good. This is what they need to do. I, I said coming into the year, I think this is a 13-3 and three team. And, and the more they win and, and you come up with wins on the road like this uh, against a, a decent Cowboys team in a tough environment, that that's how you get to 13-3. and three. And they're, they're still going to have to do it moving forward. Uh, you know, going into Minnesota uh, in their new stadium, is not going to be easy going to a place like Pittsburgh late in the year is not going to be easy, but to see the Packers winning and pulling out victories like they are with, with a team that's dealing with injuries, you know, it, it only gives me encouragement that they could do it. If these guys come back and are healthy, which, which I think they will, the injuries coming out of the game, you had Kevin King with a concussion and you had Morgan Burnett with a hamstring injury. And those are the only injuries the Packers disclosed in the aftermath of the game. Uh, it appeared Jordy Nelson was at least temporarily hampered by an injury, as was uh, Nick Perry, but the team didn't disclose anything post-game, which is a positive um, because, you know, maybe they weren't serious enough and they could have come back, and they did come back. Uh, so that was huge, um, and, and, you know, hopefully they're fine, uh, but hopefully the guys who, who you know, were considered injured after the game like Kevin King and Morgan Burnett. If they can get out there, it's only going to help the Packers secondary. If David Bakhtiari come come back, it's only going to help the Packers offensive line. And you have to assume now that, you know, David Bakhtiari has missed, what is it, four straight games? He, he played in the season opener, but he's missed everyone since that time. He, he's got to be on the precipice of returning now uh, after getting, you know, more than a month off uh, by the time the next game starts. Um, so that'll be huge for the Packers offensive line and, and the team as a whole for all, you know, to get back from all these injuries here. It was it was nice to have Mike Daniels back this game, although he didn't have a huge impact. I think he's only going to get better, you know, the, the further he's removed from his hip injury as well and be back to being the Mike Daniels of old. That's why I'm so encouraged about this team, why they can pull out victories on the road and why they can potentially even get to something like a 13 and three record uh, by the end of the season, which is going to put them in good standings uh, for the playoffs and trying to get home field advantage and all those things. The day ahead. It's a victory Monday in green Bay, which means a day after game press conference by head coach, Mike McCarthy, as of the start of the show, I didn't see the Packers publish exactly what time that would happen, but it typically happens in the afternoon, the day after the game, like 3.30, 4 o'clock, somewhere in that time period. And, you know, the coordinators, coaches on the team talk to. 
Uh, it's also a talk show circuit day when McCarthy records his show. And, and there's so many others like Jordy Nelson's going to be on Inside the Huddle, Ty Montgomery on Clubhouse Live, Brett Hundley on In the Huddle, Jeff Janis on The Fifth Quarter, and, and that's just a sampling. So make sure to check your local listings for times and stations and all that, and you can check that out today. Uh, really kind of is fun at night watching all those kind of things, especially the day after a win. Uh, the, the mood is a lot more jovial, <laughs> so... Uh, enjoy it folks checking out the talk show circuit and, and enjoy basking in the win if you're a Packers fan and uh, we'll start to get ready for a Minnesota Vikings game coming up soon because that's going to do it for today's show uh, thank you to Eric Johnson of the technical foul podcast for being our guest and wrapping up the game our next guest on Wednesday as usual every Wednesday during the season we have Nathan Yonke of profootballfocus.com He's going to take help us take one last look back at this game, help us take a look forward to the Vikings game. So looking forward to that. And, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you, folks. Um, on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. Uh, I leave you today with a song called Can't Wait Another Day by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go. Every night I pace the hall Just waiting for your call Anticipating your next move Is gonna be bouncing off the wall Cause in the end, don't you know it's not